Oh, it's got a very lively smell. Oh, it's really beer. <laughs> it's beer o'clock. It's way past beer o'clock. And it's time for Drunken Time Travel. What have you been thinking about, Gav? The new Doctor. The new Doctor? Mm-hmm. Who's that, then? Uh, it's uh, John Pertwee. He is new, you're right. Mm. And on my left, the Irish band member that you can't remember from that group you can't remember. It's Irish Gav. Hi. And on my right, a man who used to be the very model of a modern major general until he forgot information, vegetable, min- animal and mineral. It's English hi. Gav. Don't, don't say hi before I ask you. I can say hi whenever I want. He says. It's Silurian's tale. They're my listeners. They're not your listeners. You were taking your time. I wanted to say hi to my listeners. I appreciate the irony in you taking your time of the pause between your time. I like that. It's what I do. Our official tedious link beer is Angoff Strong Lizard Ale. Yes, something like that. It's, uh, it's made by Lizard Ales in Cornish land. Yeah, I don't know where you drew that one up from. I, it's a little place I know called the Internet. Ah, I've heard of that place. Yes, I thought you might. It, it's getting quite popular, I believe. Yeah, just like the Eye of Orion. Okay. Uh, yes, so we're doing a story called Doctor Who... And the Prisoner of Azkaban. No, Doctor Who and the Silurians. And the Mirror of Sadness. Yes. Um, So, with further ado, take it away, Mr. Synopsis. Episode 1. Doctor Who and the Roadrunner. Malcolm Hulk is sitting at his desk, ready to write this episode. Thinking about what's been missing from Doctor Who lately, and how he can fix it. He puts pen to paper... And there's a cave. Job done. Throwing a few men and something about a dinosaur attacking or something as a subplot. Sorted. Back at Unit HQ, the Doctor is fixing Bessie and refuses to leave until Liz mentions something about caves and suddenly Roadrunner is wondering who just overtook him. Visiting one of the survivors from the start of this episode, he deduces his mind has been thrown back millions of years and was attacked by a lizardy thing. Brig doesn't believe him. Meanwhile, the local Psychotron is having problems with fluctuating power and staff members going in caves and not coming back. So the Doctor goes to the cave and finds a dinosaur thingy. Things you don't normally find in caves. Giant lizardy things. Episode 2. Doctor Who and the Farmers. The dinosaur thing fucks off and the Doctor returns. Not to the amusement of the Brigadier. Back at the Psychotron, Dr. Quinn and his assistant, Miss Dawson, are getting worried because the Doctor might discover something in the caves. In order to prove to the Brig that he didn't hear a tractor in the caves, the Doctor takes him and a team to the caves. The Doctor takes him and a team to the caves, where Baker is attacked by a giant lizardy thing. He then manages to wound a smaller lizardy thing, who scarpers to the surface to play with the local farmers. The Doctor returns with some blood samples and reveals there's actually two creatures, a large monster that's controlled by a smaller, more intelligent one. Then he goes to the cyclotron and finds it's working perfectly. Someone's siphoning the power externally. Dr. Quinn then goes to the caves to warn the lizardy things that Unit planned to attack the cave base. Liz then heads to see the farmers and is also attacked by the lizardy thing. Things giant lizardy things in caves don't have. Tractors. Episode 3 Doctor Who and the Whistle Right, we've got science, giant lizards, caves, and now lizards dead. This just keeps getting better. Let's see how they ruin this now. Oh, there it is. Liz isn't dead. Unit turns up and have a game of hide and seek with the lizardy thing. They're not all that bad after all. Dr. Quinn wins the game though by cheating with his lizard whistle and takes him back home only for the doctor to show up and question him. Back at his office the doctor finds notes about the Silurian era and a globe showing Pangaea. So he goes back to see Dr. Quinn at his house who's been holding the Silurian captive till he gives up some information. Unfortunately the Silurian didn't like this so he kills him 
and thus the doctor arrives. Things giant lizardy things in caves that don't have tractors like to do. Play hide and seek. Is the wizardless whistle? Mm. <laughs> Is the lizard whistle? <laughs> yes. Is it like the thistle whistle from Family Ness? <laughs> it's very much like the thistle whistle. Angus, blow your thistle whistle. <laughs> you know the best thing about that? Is I got to make that joke. Mm. And it was actually relevant. Have you been waiting to wait? M- m- make I have been joke? waiting to wait a long time. <laughs> and now I have stopped waiting to wait. Okay. This show is going to go wonderfully. Episode 4. Doctor Who and the Cage. As the Doctor holds his hand out, the the Silurian mistakes him for an Auton and runs. Barker escapes from Unit HQ without even having to tattoo his entire body. But that might be because the brig doesn't even seem that bothered anyway. Must be a Friday afternoon. Barker gets captured by the Silurians anyway. The Doctor goes to find him with Liz and uses Quinn's lizard whistle to open the cave base. Silurian Jeff is in the corner practicing his music. Barker is in a cage and there's a giant dinosaur thingy lurking around. So they return to unit. Briggs planning an all-out attack on the Silurians and the permanent undersecretary turns up to tell him he can't have more men. The doctor goes to warn the Silurians that humans are cunts but gets backed up with Barker instead. He tries to explain all he wants is peace but racist Red says, bloody immigrants, stealing our planet. Later he says he's destroyed the humans that attacked, and then starts attacking the Doctor. Things giant lizardy things in caves that don't have tractors and play hide and seek are scared of? Handshakes. Episode 5. Doctor Who and the Disease. Boss Silurian appears and tells Reg to That's stop. Right. Sorry, I, I have to interrupt. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Boss Silurian IPA. I want some of that. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> well, anyway, Boss Silurian appears and tells Reg to stop, but he reckons they should kill all the billions of humans. From what I've seen so far, it's only going to be about a billion kills each. Five minutes to make sounds at someone to death? Well... They've been waiting millions of years, what's a few million more? The Doctor convinces him to release him, and then he confuses them with lies about the moon. He suggests that they can have the desert and share the planet, and the rest of the captive apes are released. Reg doesn't like this, so starts a mutiny and infects Baker with a lethal disease and lets him go. Back at the cyclotron stoke nuclear reactor, the Director swears it's only a technical problem. He only needs more staff, more equipment, and a moon on a stick. The leader then gives the doctor a sample of the disease so he can find a cure. Then Reg kills him. Back at the superficient unit HQ, the infected baker is taken to hospital instead of quarantined. People die. Things giant lizardy things in caves that don't have tractors play hide and seek and are scared of handshakes believe anything they are told. Episode 6 Doctor Who and the Comover The doctor abuses antibiotics. The doctor abuses well the doctor abuses antibiotics use to hold off the disease and Liz tells him off. More people get ill, including the permanent undersecretary who decides to go to London to spread the disease even more. Reg takes some speed and spies on the doctor with his nanny cam. Science guy says there is no epidemic and then catches the disease that doesn't exist. The director's comb over slips and he dies. The doctor picks some random numbers and discovers the cure, but before he can use it, Reg bursts into his, os- Reg bursts into his office and starts sounding him to death. Reasons why giant lizardy things in caves that don't have tractors play hide and seek are scared of hang shirts, believe what they are told. They're on drugs. Episode 7 Doctor Who and the Nuclear Fallout The Doctor is taken away while Liz and Brig wonder where the Doctor is. Eventually, the glue on their asses wear off and they get up to lock. The Doctor tells the Silurians he's made a cure, so they force him to reactivate the cyclotron stroke nuclear reactor stroke IKEA depot 
so they steal more power and destroy the humans. I think this is now Plan C. The generator is switched on and they use their dispersal unit to convert the energy into microwaves to destroy the Van Allen belts. As plans go, this is terrible. They believe this will end the human race. It's like killing someone by tidying their house up. The doctor overloads it anyway, leaving it to explode and leak deadly radiation. The Silurians fuck off back into stasis so they can wake up again when all the humans are dead. The doctor fixes it though, and then starts looking for a way to revive the Silurians individually, so he can convince them of peaceful coexistence. But Briggs nukes the cave instead. Reasons giant lizardy things are on drugs, they don't mm. have tractors. So that was Doctor Who and the Silurians. As you may have noticed, it wasn't just the Silurians. There was also the Doctor. Uh huh. He was also. Hence the title. Hence, good word. Uh, yeah, the title of the story came about apparently because most of the scripts up to now were titled Doctor Who and the whatever Doctor Who and the Power of the Daleks, Doctor Who and mm. the Space Pirates. Doctor Who and the Web of Fear. Yes, the Web Planet. While the, while the Doctor Who and the was ordinarily left off the titles, this time the title retained the words because someone just forgot to take it off. So to avoid this occurrence in the future, Doctor Who and the was left off scripts in the following stories. I'd rather they just kept it for forever. I like Doctor Who and the. I haven't read Harry Potter. I'm not but, sure. But it I, it I, reminds I, me of books. It reminds me of Harry. Well, the the Target Doctor mm. Who books were like, that. Mm. but it reminds me of Harry Potter as well, and I like that. I don't I haven't read the books, but I like mm. Harry Potter and the whatever. I don't, I don't know. It's all right for a book. I'm not sure how I feel for a program. It wouldn't really work for the Doctor Johnsons. What would it be like in uh, Breaking Bad? <laughs> <laughs> Breaking Bad and the Drug Dealer. No, it would be uh, Heisen <laughs> Heisenberg and the Blue Crystal Myth. Every episode. Heisenberg and the Exploding <laughs> Tortoise. Oh, I would rather that. Heisenberg and the, and the, and the lies that annoy his wife. Uh, so caves, there were caves I think you mentioned. Yes, all the caves. We made up for all the caves that weren't caves in the last so many episodes because there was all the caves in this one. Caves, all the caves. The Doctor really likes caves. Yes, he does. Because uh, <laughs> he, was, he was told to report forthwith by the Brigadier. And he said he doesn't report forthwith anywhere. Oh, he doesn't report mm. anywhere, never mind. Not even forthwith. Mm. But then uh, I think Liz mentioned there were caves, and he was really eager. Yes, and then it was straight off. <laughs> straight off. Well, for the ca caves. caves, you say? Caves? <laughs> there were caves on this planet? <laughs> Why didn't you say, woman? <laughs> Why have I been standing around on the surface all this time when I can be in caves? I think because the Doctor really wants to be Batman. I did mention this before. Really? Yeah, that's why he wants to live in a cave. Who came first, Batman or the caves? <laughs> caves came first, <laughs> by several million years. Okay. I think you meant to say, oh cave. Oh cave. Oh, so, why do they, you know the helmets with the lights on when you're in caves? Mm. Why do they need mm. lights on the helmets, since apparently it has... Phosphorescence. It, it, <laughs> it has, they're... They have like actual lighting down there, apparently. <laughs> it's in case the phosphorescence fails. <laughs> they didn't say that. They didn't use the phosphorescence excuse. They will do in several yes. stories time. The natural yes. phosphorescence but of it's, the rocks. It's a work backable excuse. Uh, it works back in time. Yeah. <laughs> work backable. Yeah. I'm allowed to make words up. <laughs> if they're allowed to. Pretend there's light in caves. But there was light in caves. That's not emanating from Studio the headlight. <laughs> <laughs> so these were called the Silurians, mm -hmm. or possibly the Eocenes. Because the thing is, they were mm -hmm. called Silurians because apparently they came from the Silurian era, mm -hmm. which can't happen because... It did happen, I watched it. 
It, ooh, the Silurians mm. was that was way after Silurian era was the wrong era or something. I can't remember why. It was either way before or way after life on the planet. Way before life I think it was on the way planet. Way before life on the planet. This yes. So there shouldn't have been dinosaurs about. Never mind a pet one. Interesting. So it might have been, should have been the Eocenes, but the Eocene era is the wrong one as well, apparently. Why was before life on the planet called a Silurian era? Was that the entire era before life, or was it? No, there are several eras. These are geological eras, mm. you see. Epochs, if you will. Go. Mm. But remember, listeners, don't take my word for it. I read the other day what this era is called that we're in now. So, yeah, we're in the apparently uh, Quaternary period, which started about two and a half million years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, how, how do you think the Quaternary period is going so far, Gav? It's, it's, it's dragging a bit. Isn't it? I think, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, happens mm. with these things. Mm. But they do say, uh, was it future geologists will. will Assign us a new era or epoch or whatever, based on the the effects that we've had on the environment through nuclear testing and and in industry and things like that. It's going to leave a very distinguishable mark in the geological rock formations and everything. It's going to separate it out as a new era. So, so instead of the Quaternary period, they're just going to call us the Cunt periods. Yeah, we're going to call the cunts, yeah. I can't blame them, really. Because we are. Yeah. After all. All of us. All seven billion of us. Mm. Well, maybe 6.9 of us. What, billion or just 6.9 of us? <laughs> 6.9 billion of us. I think there's a few that probably aren't. Plus or minus two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's why the Silurians are... Probably named, but we don't know, and they shouldn't be named that. So yeah, let's just call them "fuck off, big lizards." Mm. Yeah, I think we we'll just pick a name out of the dictionary. I've got one ambulance. The ambulanceurians. Yes. How <laughs> fast do these ambulanceurians move? About as fast as a First World War ambulance. But I've been, uh, yeah, and, mm. and. Would you describe them as a creeping barrage? A creeping barrage. It's a bit of a callback, isn't it? Yeah. To two stories ago. It's the best I can do. Get used to it. You probably have if you've been listening this long. <laughs> I, was, I did like their uh, definition of hurry at, the, at times, though. Well, I do want to do it now, actually. So, yeah, so yeah. this. <laughs> this the Silurians can destroy walls, apparently, with their eye heads. Right, okay, yeah. first of all, <laughs> they have eyes in their... They have three they eyes. They have eyes in their heads? They have three eyes. Wow. They have an eye in their forehead type arrangement that can do everything a sonic screwdriver can do, I think, as you pointed out. Yep, yep. And it, it opens doors. It, it also destroys walls. Yeah. Uh, and operates life support machinery, apparently. <laughs> and kills people. Kills people. Uh, yeah, but it can make... Yeah, it can destroy walls, but apparently it can also make them alright again as mm. well, which I was quite intrigued by. I, I can understand them... I can almost understand destroying the wall, but... Mm. And then they then they just made it all better again. I can see how that gives them a business advantage. <laughs> what, in the field of business? In the field of construction. <laughs> Do they also have to wear hard hats and read the sun? Trouble is, if they wear hard hats, they cover up their uh, eye heads things. That'll be why they're not in the uh, construction industry mm. now, then. Well, they can't get insurance, yeah. No, they didn't need to cut, a, cut an eye hole mm-hmm. in their helmet. And if they're wearing Which their helmet... Which would compromise the uh, the structural integrity of the helmet. 
And if they had their helmet on at the time when they were cutting the eye hole, it might be quite dangerous to their eye. You'd think they'd have thought of a way around that. You'd think so, but you know, Severians. The, the thing of intelligent, uh, not, <laughs> not big thinkers around helmets. Mm. And uh, also, probably also evidenced by their uh, definition of hurrying. Nice segue. Thank you. I was working on it. Which was negated by me pointing it up. <laughs> I wasn't really working on it, it just happened. There's, there's, I saw the opportunity and I pounced. Those are always the best uh, segues, I think. But yeah, like, when he captured the doctor and <laughs> and then uh, it, I think one of them says, uh, quick, the, the other, quick before the, so the soldiers come and attack us. So basically, they proceeded to go at a slower rate than they were previously. They slowed themselves down after they said, let's hurry. They did that on two occasions in the uh, epistory. So are they like the zombies in World War Z? Sorry, Z. Yeah. Yes, but less women. You know why it's called World War Z? Go on, tell me. Well, it's because of zombies, obviously. But yeah. specifically, it rhymes with World War Three. <laughs> Rubbish. And so is the name. What well, World War? Skirmish said. <laughs> Should have called it Zombie Apocalypse. Zombie Jesus Apocalypse would have been better. I did like mm. the conflict between the Silurians. You know, uh... Don't most of the enemies have the conflict? Between themselves, though. Yeah. I know it is a bit uh, dominators. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking of specifically. <laughs> I know you were, because you <laughs> loved that story. But it's nice to have monsters that are actually mm. actual intelligence creatures, as opposed mm. to monsters that are just monsters. Mindless. Yeah. Do, do we have, actually have many mindless monsters? Yes. I can name three. Name two. Is this better? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ice Warriors? That's, they're intelligent as well. The, so, the soldiers, though? The lumbering, stupid soldiers? Can we call them mindless? They're not really mindless, then. Okay, yetis. They might not be scientists. Yetis. Yes, robots. Still dressed up to look like monsters, uh, and many more. And Cy- many more. Cybermen, they're, but they're they're, they're, they're robots as well. They're robots as well. Then they're not really mine. But these were these were like shades. Mm-hmm. These were like, I mean, they weren't fantastically characterized. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, whereas the Cyberman and the Daleks, they're all the same. Yeah, these are different. These are these are diff- these. I mean, some of them were wanting peace. Mm. They were they were like the humans. Someone they were, wanted they were as well characterized as the humans were, shall we say. Some of them wanted peace, some of them wanted war. It, it was a bit censorite so as well, isn't it? Because there was the whole evil censorites wanting to kill yeah. the leader and that kind of thing. Mm. So it's not unique. It's not unique, but all but these elements together yeah. have, have been used well, I feel. But they're not the most intelligent because when they killed Baker or Parker, they uh, they took his body away so no one could find it. But then left his notebook apparently. Now a notebook isn't a small thing. You think with their three eyes they'd be able to see it, but their third eye doesn't see. It just sings and acts as a torch. I think. Is it like the singing sword from the Three Amigos? I have no idea. You'll have to tell me, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's just like that. Then, okay, cool. God, we'll kill it, that one up. Okay, yeah. is it like the singing sword from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm, no idea. I'm going to say it's like the Sword of Elm. Does it give them sight beyond sight? <laughs> yes. See, these are the references you're comfortable with. <laughs> Especially considering you just watched an episode the other day. Yeah, I do like how they said uh, the human weapons were uh, primitive and uh, not worth of note because of that. Two things. The, uh, the These primitive weapons seem to do a good enough job of killing them 
That's one. Yeah. And uh, and also, who is the more ancient race here? Terrans. Yeah. But they have Although been technically. They have been asleep a long time. But they have been asleep a very long time. They have probably ex- they have probably been awake you, you longer can, than the humans. I you imagine. could probably argue that. <laughs> <laughs> but still, they're not primitive. I oh, know it's not a technical one. Humans are primitive. I mean, we've only existed. Although, yes, I agree. Humans are primitive. Yes, you make a good point. I always make a good point. If you watch any episode of the Twilight Zone, it will tell you that humans are primitive. I mean, we still extract shit from the planet to provide us energy. Yeah, when we should have built a Dyson sphere many years ago. Four, I think. We are we are just a fucking useless species, really. I say let the Silurians take over. They're, they're, it's not real. It's just Doctor Who. I thought I could on this. <laughs> would you vote for the Silurians? <laughs> yeah. What about the EU scenes? Would you vote for them? No, no, no. no okay. They haven't got the branding. Yeah, there was that one funny moment. Just the one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. When t- it was towards the end when they were trying to revive some of the other uh, Silurians. Because they've all been in hibernation, so the, the, some of them they were trying to revive another one. And it got to him. And he sort of got half revived, and he was like walking up and oh, And then, like, oh, fuck it, I'm going back to bed. It hit snooze button and went back to sleep. You're not getting me up. <laughs> I've been hitting the snooze button far too regularly recently. I've noticed. Well, not snooze button, it's just changing, <laughs> changing the alarm clock date. Or day, even. Mm. I've been mm. uh, changing it to the next day and then sleeping the whole day. So do I. I keep trying to get up for six, but it's more seven. So you can understand these people. You know, they've been asleep for millions of years. Just give me a thousand more, that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to break me into this. Yeah. You can't just let me, expect me to wake up after 50 million years. Come you've on. Got, you've got to break me into the 20th century. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's they're humans now. God, let me go back to it. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine waking up in the morning, going to work, and then finding out there are Silurians everywhere? You'd be wanting to go back to sleep, wouldn't you? I've been wanting to do that if there were humans everywhere. Exactly. So it would be 2.6 times worse. But, yeah, so apparently they did it originally to escape some kind of extinction event. Well, yeah, they were talking about they, they went into hibernation because that big giant thing was coming towards them. That planet. Earth? <laughs> Mondas. It could have been Mondas. Who knows? The doctor told him it was the moon. That was a lie. Well, apparently now, no, that's not what happened with the moon. <laughs> well, it couldn't have happened with the moon because the moon happened way before Earth life existed, didn't it? Yeah. Because when that had hit the Earth, that would have wiped everything out. It was a molten mess at the time. I think, I'm thinking it was the sun. The sun came to Earth. Yes. <laughs> Just revisit. That explains why it's so fucking hot now. No, I think the easiest explanation is the comet that w- wiped out the dinosaurs. Comet That's what the witness. Steve. Take that up. <laughs> comet Clive. Comet Clive. Comet, Comet, Chameleon. Uh, let's see what you did there. Good. I'm pleased. I didn't notice how uh, at the end as well, though, where uh, racist Reg sort to redeem himself a little bit. And... Uh, he sacrificed himself for the rest of his race. How did he do that? Because he had to stay behind to put everybody else in stasis. Yeah. Oh, I suppose, did he? Did he say that? Yeah. That was good of racist yeah. race, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He wouldn't do that for anyone else. Though. And then the brigadier shot him. He it, it did it for Jeff. He, did, he just did it for Jeff to stop him. This is. He <laughs> put Jeff in first and was, please stop playing that music. Please. Okay, we're going to have to explain that. (laughs) (laughs) 
You may have heard me on this podcast before say how crazy the music sometimes is in Doctor Who. Well, that's nothing. <laughs> because this one was just fucking nuts. And I love it. But yeah, there were some bits where the crazy music was playing and it was like there was a Silurian in the background playing. The, it looked like there was a Silurian. The trying to learn an instrument. Trying to play the music. <laughs> and you could just imagine all the other Silurians going... God's sake, does he not shut up yet? <laughs> why do we have to wake him up first? So, yeah, that's yeah. why uh, that's why racist rage wanted to put him back. Mm. He goes, I can't stand waking up with him again. And then there was the whole uh, never explored sending a, a mind back millions of years from the first episode. What the hell happened there? Yeah, they mentioned it a few times. They had uh, humans regressing back to cavemen kind of mm. thing, but no one mentioned it ever. Mm. I mean, you saw it. It was even seen again in like episode six or seven, but no one explained why it had happened. Yeah, yeah they just randomly saw Asylum. Well, it, it's obviously another feature of the eye head thing. Yeah, you can just attribute everything that's gone wrong to Doctor Who and that. <laughs> yeah, and you thought the Sonic screwdriver were bad. <laughs> I do. Well, I'll mention. They, they mentioned uh, at the end destroying all humans by getting rid of the Van Allen belt, which would let the sun's radiation in and kill everyone, basically. Yeah. But they slightly mistook the Van Allen belt for the ozone layer, I believe. Uh, no, not not even that. Not even that? No. It's, the Van Allen Bell is, you know the magnetic fields of the Earth? I am aware of such things. Uh, it, it, it goes out in so like increasing bands. Well, there's actually two Van Allen Belts. There's a, an inner one and an outer one. and Like uh, belly buttons? Yeah, if you like. But basically the Van Allen Belt... It, through the magnetic fields, it traps. Well, the outer one traps electrons in the form of plasma, and the inner one traps electrons and protons. Okay. And they. And it's essentially a band of radiation around the planet Earth, which is very harmful to satellites and humans. There was a period about three, four years ago or something like that. They observed a third Van Allen belt, but after about a period of four months, there was a explosion thing from the sun. I forgot what they call them now. What they call them now? Corona, black spot. Yeah, some of them. O e l e begins with an e. Yeah, one of them things. Discharge. Gone blind. Yeah. When it does that, <laughs> <laughs> that actually blasted away the third mass ejection. Yes. That's it. Yeah, that actually blasted away the third Van Allen belt. So they couldn't observe it any longer. But, but those two are pretty much there, and they are very harmful to any humans that will pass through it, you know, when we go through in sp- up in spaceships and stuff like that. In spaceships. In shuttles. But how do we get through then? Well, yeah. Well, we get through. Because we're in spaceships. Well, it's the fact that we can get through them pretty quick. It's it's directly that it minimises the impact. But if you stay in them for too long, it's very harmful to us, and they are quite harmful to satellites and things, and they need shielding a lot from them. So, so the satellites destroyed the Van Allen belt. It would be very beneficial to us, yes. Well, why didn't they let them? The the electromagnetic field would still be in place. It would still deflect all the particles from the, the harmful shit from the sun and that. But uh, any spaceships... All the Van Allen bit is a collection of all the all. bad shit. Dr. Quinn, then. Hmm. Medicine woman. Yes, I've heard of that. Because I mentioned it to you the other day. And now I have previously heard of that. Mm. I have... I've never watched it. 
I know nothing about it. Well, this is the problem. They had Dr. Quinn, and every time they mentioned his name, I was just I just immediately thought medicine woman. Well, so did I, but I know nothing about Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, other than the name. What do you call her from Live and Let Die, wasn't it? Jane Seymour. Yes. One of the wives of Henry VIII. Yes. She met a... Uh, one, one of the long-living survivors. She met, she met on a pleasant end because she ended up being an actress in the 20th century. <laughs> ah, comedy. Uh, yes, he was played by Fulton Mackay. Mm. You may remember him no. as one of the prison officers in Porridge. No. Okay, you will remember him. Remember Fraggle Rock? Yes. Was he the old guy that had the dog? He was the lighthouse keeper, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't, I think people in, only us had that. People in America had something different. No. What? No. Yes. They had someone else playing the uh, human person. But yes, he was the old guy with the dog. Mm. Told you you remember it. Yeah, and in the usual uh, Doctor Who tradition, uh, Doctor Quinn, uh, he was making deals with him. It wasn't, admittedly, it wasn't a Cyberman or a Dalek this time. But yes, it, it was, what were you trading the Silurians for? Beans? Advanced technology and information. It was, you? yeah. And there was one who he... Or beans. <laughs> he took... He really likes beans. <laughs> he kept one. He does like them Silurian beans. That just sounds creepy. He uh, kidnapped one of the Salarians that was missing, but wouldn't he would die without going back to the caves. Mm. But so he took okay. him, and he said he wouldn't yeah. take him back until he told him Salarian scientific secrets. Yeah. So he was just a dick. Is 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 the thing of Doctor Quinn, medicine man, mm. and then died. Because of the silo he killed him. Liz Shaw, as we know, is the companion. And, uh, yeah, so they were going to an atomic research base type thing. So what does she wear? A miniskirt. Yay. Welcome to 1970s Doctor. Well, because she was wearing a miniskirt, so she got slapped in the face by a salary. He obviously did not appreciate it. He obviously doesn't like her either. I mean, that's just a bit of cliffhanger. She, he just slapped her in the face. But the next story, you see her wearing like a plaster as if it's the worst thing ever. She deserved it. Also, mm-hmm. Masters, whenever he went to London with the disease, uh, they, they find out that he has got a taxi or something. And she says, she says, uh, oh, you'll be easy to find then. And the brigadier is just like, do you know how many taxis there are in London? Does she not know what London... Does she not know how big London is? Yeah, I, I said there's, there's probably as many as five taxis back yeah. at that point. Yeah, but the taxis are very big back then. Mm. They're at least a mile wide. That's wide. That is wide, mm. as the bishop said to the uh, architect. You uh, mentioned Director Lawrence in your uh, synopsis. He's the uh, he was the comb over guy. Yes, he's also Mister Sarcasm, nineteen seventy four, I believe, which is quite good considering he died in nineteen seventy. Possibly, we'll get into the get into (laughs) one unit set some other time. Apparently, unit was meant to be in in the uh, near future. But then after that, they we'll probably get to. But but they but after that, people just took it as the stories in the years being set in actual the actual years. Mm. So as in this being set in nineteen seventy when it was supposed to be in the slightly near future, right. which screwed up everything later on. But we'll get to that then. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it, as the producer said. Yeah. Also, Director Lawrence is a scientist who doesn't seem to believe in science, which is good. He was he yeah. was he was offered uh, an antibiotic. Well, he was quite right to not to 
figure. But anyway, so he offered a counter product to help the disease, but he didn't want it. Because yeah. he didn't believe there was a disease, despite the face peeling off. <laughs> yeah. Despite the many people dying. No, there's nothing wrong. Show me the poof. Sir, you just stepped over a dead body. Did I? Did I? Did I? Was that a dead body? Was it really? <laughs> I have commentated this body. <laughs> this is a caveman from seven million years ago. Which is good because there weren't any. I want an autopsy <laughs> done on this. What, on the body? No, on this carbon dating. You're listening to Drunken Time Travel. It's quarter past the hour. It's time for the. Beer interlude. You've done that, do it again. What? Do it again. Huh? I just done it. Beer interlude. Right, we chose. I'll do it hour one. Yeah, I know. Shush. Such a prima donna. You didn't tell me how to. <laughs> you're not acting, you're singing. I'm not even singing. I know you're not. I was going to point that out as well. Okay, shut up, not you, me. Why, right, we chose this beer because of the lizard thing. We told you that earlier. Why are you mm. even questioning us? Did we even say it earlier? We did say it earlier. We said who it was by. We didn't say why we chose it, did we? Well, we said the lizard thing. Yeah. Lizards, Gav. Lizards. Yeah. I'm assuming the guest by now, but we didn't say that was why. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think they're guessing all the way through? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the highlights of the show, I'm sure. Why did they pick this beer? Can we guess the tedious thing? It's it's uh, it's not bad. It's all right. Should also be stored up right because of sediment and stuff. Apparently. Yeah, that reminds me. I have to pour the rest. You have to pour the rest. Yeah, I've nearly finished mine. But yeah, it's one of these Cornish ales from the land of Cornwall. This is very nice. I do like Cornish ales. Um, it's brewed with wood smoked malt and traditional hops. I haven't really tasted the smoked part of it. I have to say. No, I'm not getting any smoky. No. And it commemorates the blacksmith called Anne Goff. A-N Goff, not Anne Goff, as in, you know, Anne. From uh, St. Kevin, who led the Cornish Rebellion of 1497 against Henry VII's unfair attack. It just reads like bad English to me. What? Anne Goff. Surely it should be A. Goff. You should correct it. Have you got a red pen? No, I haven't. No, you haven't. Because I'm not a teacher. Are you not a teacher? I'm real. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got some at work. <laughs> Where you're not a teacher. So, no uh, sticker, basically. Uh, I don't think it's quite worthy. It's, uh, it's alright, but no. no. We need, for sticker worthy, out of seven, it needs to get about a six, I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm I would give this a five. I'm not four. I would give this a I'm four. I'm not raving about it. You give it about a four. Mm. Mm. What would you give it? Are we talking out of seven? I said four or five. Are we talking seven? Yeah. Alright. What do you think, ten? No, seven. We're always marking things out of seven. Apparently. Yeah, I thought that acceptable. I think four is acceptable. I think, I think I'd edge towards four enough. But it's not right. I don't think it's quite a five. It's quite fizzy. It's, it's got a strong flavour to it. So the Doctor, in episode one of this, I already thought he was so much better in this than Spearhead from the face. Hmm. I believe you think he starts off grumpy. Yeah, I do like how he starts off grumpy in this, very reminiscent of the first Doctor. I mean, as you as you mentioned earlier, he's he starts off because oh, I'm not going to meet any fucking unit thing. I'm doing my own thing. I don't care about unit. And then, uh, brilliant moment, episode three or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, somebody comes up to me and says, yes, I, I see you're another member of the uni. He goes, yes, it's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. That, that is... I just like his general disdain. His disdainful disdemeanour. Uh, throughout this, which is very reminiscent of the first Doctor, as I mentioned. 
yes. Well, I was watching this earlier. I thought uh, there's a bit where it's just like a little tiny moment that means nothing. But he says to the brigadier uh, to bring him a chart. And the brigadier says, what? And the doctor's like, chart, bring me the chart. And I just thought, you wouldn't really see that these days. Because main characters these days, or like even the doctors these days, yeah. tend to be nice to the people they're with. They're not like short with anyone. Was or it Christopher Eccleston or at some if, point? Or if they are, it's normally followed by a sweet scene afterwards or mm. something. I can see the new guy being that. I do hope so. I hope so. But then if he is, people won't like him because people, people have to have nice Fuck people. people. But people need to watch this first carry on, is the problem. Uh, yeah, but yeah, a lot. Um, I, I, w- I would like to see that again. People, you know, people being short with people for no reason. Not in life, that's just annoying. <laughs> I'd like a train ticket, please. How would you? And how would you like it? Like it in your face. One of the cliffhangers is is amazing because it it's it ends. Yeah. So the cliffhanger is basically the doctor being in mm. Doctor Quinn's house just after he's found his dead body. Yeah, and a Silurine comes in, and there's a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, Silurine, you're gonna kill him, mm. and then the cliffhanger is resolved with the next one by basically Doctor Doctor putting his hand and saying, "Hello, I'm. Are you a Silurine?" <laughs> And I just love it so much because it's just what? <laughs> yes, it, it's just so very much the third Doctor as well. <laughs> Already, yeah, I couldn't see any of those Doctors doing that actually. Mm. But he's he's see the t- he's, he's so quickly got his character down already, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's all- which, which is a meld between the fun of the second Doctor as well and. As previous mentioned, the grumpiness of the first. But we can see how alien he is as well. He's, he's, he's like already being more nice to the Silurians than he is yeah. humans. Well, he is spending his time around the brig. Well, yeah. Or, or humans. Yeah. I mean, there was one of the, 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 the farmer you mentioned, he died and his wife saw it. And she's in hospital with shock. But uh, never mind that. The doctor just interrogates her. Why? Who? Who, he's, mm. who she saw her? And like, while she's in the middle of like convulsing and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> great. I love it. Also, yeah. uh, mentioning Quinn's mm. death. The doctor doesn't even tell anyone about Quinn's death. No, I don't. Because he's mm. afraid that people will jump to conclusions regarding the Silurians and then just destroy mm. them all. So he just doesn't mention anything at all. See, with his reaction in the next scene, I, I, I see it more as if it just didn't bother telling him. He sort of forgot. And then when uh, no, you know, then he when he was in the room and Maggie told everybody that the doctor was dead, he had a look as, oops, I forgot to tell anyone. No, no, I saw it as, oh, they've found out now. It's all going to go fuckered. Well, he just forgot to mention Dr. Quinn was dead. It's the... Well, story-wise, your explanation makes a lot more sense, but his expression and everything, it just looked to me like, oops, I forgot about that. Well, wouldn't he have, if he'd done that, he would have put his hands over his mouth and made a slightly camp, oops. That's almost what he did. (laughs) Did not do that. (laughs) That's exactly what he did. Don't like him, why are you lying? The doctor mentions that he's that uh, with the disease and everything, he's losing confidence for the first time in his life. This is including the uh, web planet and mm. space pirates, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but he also mentions that covers several thousands thousands of years. <laughs> but don't worry, everyone. You can get around by saying that just covers linear time. Ah, uh. <laughs> as opposed to his own life. So we're okay there. Mm. <laughs> it's not like they didn't know how long the doctor was alive at this point. Mm. Yeah, and there was that moment where he's a uh, lot picking the door. Yes, because remember last yeah. time he, uh, mm. he instead of blowing it up, yeah, 
<laughs> he lit a match to open a papier mache door. <laughs> so, you know, because no one was going to kick it in, obviously. Uh, yeah, but there was there was a door needed opening in this one, but he didn't he, he didn't blow it up because it was uh, thicker than graphite, I believe. Imagine how tough that would have been. Graphite? Mm, something thicker than graphite. Thicker than graphite. Then it wouldn't be graphite anymore, would it? Yeah. It would have been a pencil. It'd have just be graphene then. Graphene. And that would be quite easy. Mr. Sheen cleans graphene quite clean. The Brigadier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the Brigadier. Yeah, he doesn't believe anything the Doctor says at all throughout this entire story. Ever. <clears throat> Zaylin's down there. No. I heard a noise. Nah, we're trapped. To. But the well, he didn't say it was tractor. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was some machinery. You're obsessed with tractors. There was a bit where uh, Dr. Lawrence is questioning the brigadier about the doctor and asks him what, he, what exactly he's supposed to be an expert of in. And the brigadier mm. says to him with quite a loving expression mm. on his face that the doctor is an expert in anything he puts his mind to mm. or something like that. And it's just... Mm. But I'm still not going to believe. No. They're very much in a relationship. Mm. They just need their own mm. space occasionally, I think. Mm. And, you know, there we go. They're very much the new Doctor and Jamie, I think. But not as good. <laughs> not at this point, no. Not yet, anyway. No, yeah, not at this point, no. No way. Well, he has a wonky moustache for a story. Yeah, that moustache is terrible. Oh, so he's it, a... And it keeps moving. Oh, so he's a racist. He's a massive racist. He's just like Reg. Him and Reg. Both the same. Yeah, that's what I like. The humans and the Siberians were just as nice and racist as each other. Apart from the leader. Silurian. The dead one? And the, doctor, the dead the dead Silurian leader. Not Reg. Yeah, he was alright. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They were both and the doctor's nice. alright. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Both but he's not human. Well, Liz was like... Oh, Liz, Liz was all right. Liz was all right, yeah. It's the only time you hear a guy say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reese's Brigadier talked about one of the Saiyans being okay, but the rest are awful, or whatever he said. <coughs> and then he killed them all. Yeah. Which was interesting. Do you think he did that of his own volition, or was he ordered to? No, he did it all himself. Okay. <coughs> this is what we're saying. I did like that ending though, it's just quite dark for that. Yeah, it was a bit, it, it literally just ended with the, the cave exploding in the background, didn't it? Yeah, and the that was yeah. driving off. Going, I'll get you next time. Why is uh, the breeder Dr. Claw now? Yeah. So we mentioned the virus. Mm hmm. And there was a quarantine cold, and then the doctor drove off. He, he's all right, though. He's nailing. and he's not going to catch it. Is it, is it oh, but were they absolutely sure about that? Was he absolutely sure about that? The doctor was. Oh, so he went to Plus, the, he does what he wants. Masters went Fuck to... Him. Went to, Well, that's what he does. That's what it says on his business card. Dr. John Smith, unit, fuck him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Masters goes off on the train to London. They're all concerned about getting masters, but they don't really give a fuck about catching anyone who he's possibly talked to or been around. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'm just astonished that this virus uh, was was contained, because everyone in London seemed to get it. Quite a miracle. Quite. Apparently you can only get it from a second generation or something. Did they say that? No. <laughs> or is that science? <laughs> See, anybody that masters infects, they can't infect anybody else. But he was infected by Baker. Yeah, he was the first generation. He was the second generation. Oh. And then the third generation can't affect. So they, the, the second generation die, but they can't affect anyone else. That's all I can make sense of. 
what happened. I can't think of any uh, instances but I was proved I, wrong. I can't no-prize my way out of it other than that. Well, that works, because I can't think of any instances where that doesn't work. No, but no. we won. They, they do mention the uh, Salarians being cold-blooded. Well, they are lizards. Yes, but uh, Gav, as our resident scientist, mm-hmm. why uh, why are things cold-blooded? Why are lizards cold-blooded? Well, generally, cold-blooded mammals are generally smaller, because... Were, were dinosaurs cold-blooded? Or do they, we have no way of knowing that? I would suggest that they were warm-blooded. Komodo dragons, are they uh, cold-blooded or warm-blooded? I don't know that. I would suggest they are also warm-blooded. But apparently it's not. What uh, evolutionary advantage, then, would uh, things have for being cold-slash-warm-blooded? Well, it's all about conserving energy, really. It really is. That's what I'm all about. I mean, generally, when it comes to size, when you get smaller, you lose heat quicker than you can maintain it through your own internal body functions. Okay. So it's better to be cold-blooded and have it maintained by your environment, which is generally what small reptiles and things like that do. Yeah, so it's warm... Because reptiles are generally in the heat, heat heat type environments. But the offshoot is, as you say, cold weather and thing. It, if you, for want of a better word, it stiffens your muscles. And then if it's night, it's colder. But it doesn't really matter too much then because they're not doing as much. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. So it's all about conserving energy and making more efficient use of your environment. Because we we have to eat a lot to conserve this core body temperature at a constant temperature. Okay. Whereas they they don't have to eat as much to keep their temperature as it is. Mm. Yeah. Advantages for both. Which which you generally find on average that the larger animals are warm blooded and the smaller ones are cold blooded, but you can get sort of exceptions which. It just becomes less efficient the smaller you are to be one with it. So there's 20 episode stories with caves. Yay! Um, and uh, my quote for this episode story is uh, the doctor and talking to the permanent undersecretary. Mm. And thusly goes it. This is the permanent undersecretary. Well, I've got no time to chat to undersecretaries, permanent or otherwise. I must find the brigadier. May I ask who you are? You may ask. Excellent. And also on uh, the doctor, I'll have to use one myself. And it's basically his reply to uh, the question, you're not proposing to dismantle a piece of equipment worth £15 million with a screwdriver? Which goes this one. What is it, Doctor? It's the most extraordinary thing. I can't seem to find a sonic screwdriver anywhere. <laughs> You're not proposing to dismantle a piece of equipment worth 15 million pounds with a screwdriver? Well, it's not worth 15 million pins if it doesn't work, is it? Final thoughts, then. Um, this was a pretty good episode. I really liked it. Epic story. I really Sorry. liked it. Yeah. Bit, bit base under siege, I thought. You know, like the uh, second Doctor ones were a lot of, because you sort of got the sort of oh, vaguely. Yeah, just thought because uh, you've got the base, you've got the nuclear base, which is where everyone is. It, it was more the enemy base in the siege. This one. Oh, well, there <laughs> <laughs> It did have an. It did have an amazing cast. Fulton Mackay, yeah. Jeffrey Palmer, um, other people. Yeah. Them as well. Well, Dr. Lawrence can't remember who he's played by. But he uh, he goes on to be in a couple of Doctor Who's after this, where he's very good. But yes, I really enjoyed it. But yes, really enjoyed it. It's my favourite third Doctor story so far. I did, I did have uh, sort of memories of not enjoying much of the third Doctor's room, but I did enjoy this one. So, yeah. We've got. No, there are a few good stories, but uh, just what they are and when they'll be, mm-hmm. we shall find out. Yeah. 
Next time, I'm uh, doing the Ambassadors of Death. Monsieur, with this Excellent. death, you will be spoiling us. <laughs> and, <laughs> and to bring us with our end quote. Yes, the uh, doctor mm-hmm. quoted this during the story, so I thought we might as well use it as our end quote. Um, it's Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the burrogroves and the moonwraths outgrape. Discussion <laughs> concluded. There have been a certain number of unexplained leakages.